Good morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for today. The return of The Walking Dead tonight. Man, am I excited. Yeah, I've been hanging on to The Walking Dead. And I don't think it's an amazing show anymore. It's just like I've put in so much time to The Walking Dead that at this point I deserve to know how it ends. Did you ever keep watching a show for that reason? Have you ever just kept watching a show because you're like, you know what? I've put so much time into this. It's like the, um, oh, what's it called? The sunken sunken cost fallacy. I know what it is. Sunken cost bias. Uh, there's I love bias and learning about different types of bias. And sunken cost is one of them, which is basically when you've put a ton of resources into something, typically time or money, you tend to forgive it a lot more. Because uh, more than you would if you didn't have all that time or money into it, because you believe it's due, right? It's kind of like gambling. I think gambling a lot of times has that sunken cost fallacy of like, hey, if I stick with it, I'm due to win. And obviously, your odds never change. Oh, God, I remember this one time when I was like in my early 20s, I went to Las Vegas with my buddy Tommy. And uh, before I went, my boss at the time, uh, in radio in Ashtabula, Ohio, told me his his uh, strategy for roulette. He told me a couple different strategies, right? The one strategy for roulette was basically, you know, look for a string of a bunch of blacks in a row or a bunch of reds in a row and then bet opposite and it's due. And I remember telling that to my mom and my mom just looking at me and shaking her head and saying, you're not that dumb, right? You know the odds are the same every single time, no matter what the previous numbers were, right? And I remember looking at her going, I know. And thinking, damn, same thing with blackjack, right? That was the other strategy he told me. He was like, you just sit down at a blackjack table and you double your bet if you lose. That's all you do is you just, every time you lose, you double your bet. And I just remember thinking like, oh, yeah, 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 because you're, but it turns out if you double your bet over and over and you don't win pretty quickly, it becomes pretty hard to keep doubling your bet. Like, honestly, if you lose three hands in a row, you're pretty much screwed. Unless you have a really big budget. Anyway. Um, I just came from Webster. I'm actually driving right now. Haven't used my driving rig in a while to record my podcast. So I hope this is sounding okay. But um, I just came from Webster. I just stopped into Hagedorn's to buy stuff for dinner tonight. My, my wife. Oh, my God. I love it. My wife comes at me with, like, the best curveball ever and says, you know what I want to do for dinner tonight? I go, what, honey? She says, Let's do homemade garbage plates. I go, yes. Who is this person that wants homemade garbage plates? So I just went to Hagedorn's. Got a whole bunch of cool shit to make some uh, to some garbage plates tonight. I have to tell you, the sauce selection, the local foods selection, mostly bottled sauces and whatnot, at Hagedorn's is one of the best in Rochester. They carry pretty much everything. And I'll be honest with you, because of what I do for a living these days, I'm pretty well aware of what the options are out there. And pretty much if it's being bottled by a local entrepreneur in Rochester, they probably have it at Hagedorn's. Now, I'm partial to it because, to be honest with you, we make a lot of it. Uh, So I love it. I love seeing it. But there was one thing that upset me. And before I tell you what that was, I want to tell you why I'm going to tell you that upset me. Because normally I I don't know if these things are things you find interesting on the podcast. But I have been listening to a new podcast called Token CEO. 
and it is by Erica Nardini. She is the CEO of Barstool Sports. Token CEO because Barstool is known as an old boys club. And, of course, their CEO happens to be female, and she always gets sort of blamed for being the token CEO. The CEO that they only hired because she's a girl, so they could make it look like they were super not sexist. Barstool's always going to have to fight that. Love them, hate them. What they've built is impressive. And she does this podcast where she really talks in depth about her business, about Barstool, and about... You know, the ups and the downs and the things she like it and not like it. And I want to give you guys a little glimpse into an insecurity that I have for Guglielmo Sauce. Because while I was in there and I was looking at a lot of local sauces just now, I'm looking at the dates on Guglielmo Sauce and I'm noticing I can tell based on like when it was produced and what distributor. But, you know, long story short, I can basically tell how fast they're selling based on what's on the actual physical shelf at the time. And Guglielmo Sauce just not a fast seller at Hagedorn. It's consistent, but not super fast, not super high volume for us. It doesn't turn over that fast. And sometimes I, I don't get it. Like, I go, why are there some stores that just sell better than others? Because we all talk, all of us small little brand owner sauce peddlers in Rochester, we all talk to each other and... We're always sharing with each other the new store that they just got into and the, the stores we sell well in, the stores we can't seem to sell anything in. And it seems like a, a lot of my contemporaries do really well in Hagedorns, but I don't per se. And, there, and I'll tell you, there's a couple like that. Here's another one. Here's a store that we are technically our sauces available in, but we just trickle sales out of this store while a lot of my contemporaries seem to sell like gangbusters in this store. And that is uh, Calabrasella's. The original Calabrasellas in Gates. I've got buddies who deliver 20 cases at a time to Calabrasellas. I get one order a year from Calabrasellas for maybe two cases per skew. What are we doing wrong that we can't sell in Hagedorns and Calabrasellas? Now, I'll be honest with you, there's opposites. There's a few opposites like that. Like um, a good example would be like a Pittsburgh Dairy. You know, we sell like hotcakes in Pittsburgh Dairy. And Leo's Bakery is another really good one. There's a handful of other examples where a lot of my contemporaries will constantly be approaching me and saying, like, hey, you know, eh, I don't think Pittsburgh Dairy is going to carry me anymore. Doesn't seem like we sell well there. How do you sell? And, you know, when it comes to Pittsburgh Dairy, I'm sitting here going, look, I couldn't be happier. They seem to sell like crazy there. Flies off the shelves. But Hagedorns and Calabrasellas, for whatever reason, I don't know. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so what I was doing in Webster to begin with was it is the middle of the afternoon as I record this on Saturday. Uh, I decided to not go into work today. My original plan was to go to work. I was kind of looking at my week ahead. Monday's a holiday. It's President's Day, so I don't really have much of anything on my schedule for Monday. Um And, you know, by going into work today, I probably would have given myself a light or normal Monday. But my wife and son wanted to go to the Strong Museum. Um, you know, we, we, we just wanted to have some family time, basically. And that would have ruined that. And so my wife says to me at the beginning of the day, she says, why, why do you have to go today? What won't be there Monday? And I said, you know, you're right. But, I mean, there's, I'm always thinking bigger picture. I'm going, well, if I go and get some of the general to-do things off my list today, then maybe that gives me the opportunity Monday to do some bigger picture things and 
bigger picture things are really what leads to long-term growth, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, she convinced me, don't go to work. You know, go in Monday. Yes, I know this means you have a busy Monday, but, you know, Leo's at childcare Monday. I got to work Monday. Monday's the day to go be busy all day. Saturday, when your family's saying, please hang out with us, don't leave. So I said, okay. So we went to the Strong Museum this morning. And by the way, the decision to wear a mask or not wear a mask now has become super complicated because it's like you don't have to anymore. Almost nowhere is enforcing it anymore. And you kind of don't know the difference between like, do I, am I, because like I'll wear a mask if I'm going to look like an asshole for not wearing a mask, but I won't wear a mask if I don't think I absolutely have to. I Does that make sense? I'm just having a hard time basically at this point figuring out whether or not to make a mask and uh, to wear a mask and also which stance wearing a mask or not wearing a mask which one of those is going to make it look less like i'm making a stance because no matter what i don't want anyone to think i'm making a stance in either direction masking or non-masking i'm like don't i don't want anyone thinking that i'm making a statement right now so what what's the better option wear it or don't wear it like what's the safe option where just nobody will think different of me and i can just blend into the background Anyway, I went no mask at the Strong today. felt weird. It felt weird, but it is what it is. So, had the family day, came home, lunchtime, nap time. Three-year-old, wife, all go to take a nap. What am I going to do? Okay, well, maybe I run out to work, but really it's like, if I go out to work now, I'm probably going to be there all night, because once I get going, I'll keep going. What could I do to eat a couple of hours? I went to the movies. I just went to the AMC Webster for the first time since pandemic. I have been to the movies twice since the pandemic. Once, like, during the pandemic, where it was, like, very locked down, got to wear a mask. You know, only, like, six people out in the whole theater. And then once, just a few weeks ago, I went. Um, but this time, I went to, uh, to see Jackass Forever. And I do not care if I am a father, a husband, a business owner, an employer, a philanthropist. I don't care. When I hear, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. I am 17 years old all over again, laughing at stupid shit. And I did. I sat there for an hour and a half and laughed a lot. A couple times I cringed. There's always some cringe in the Jackass. Some of the bits that'll make you cringe. At one point, they put a, um, Steve-O is completely naked. And they put the queen bee of a beehive on his uh, nether region. And then they release the rest of the bees, who will obviously migrate towards their queen. And you can imagine how that went. There's also another one that I was watching going like, oh, my God, I can't even believe they're going to do this. Where they they put, like, a bunch of salmon and honey on a guy. And then they let a, they let a bear loose. And the bear, but I guess they kind of explain later that, like, they knew exactly how a bear would react in that situation. And the bear handler was right off to the side. But the scary part is, at one point, the bear handler's like, all right, I got to get in there. And you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is bad. It's going to get bad. Other than that, just a lot of stupid shit and people hurting themselves and a lot of it funny. You know what I really like is Johnny Knoxville's uh, bad grandpa character. They only had one bad grandpa bit in this one. They have, oh, and they have their first chick jackass, too. Rachel Wolfson, I think, is her name. It's the first female jackasser that I know of, at least. They do a little Ryan Dunn tribute at the end. No mention of Bam, at least unless I missed it. But 
Steve-O still doing his thing. Johnny Knoxfield still doing, still doing his thing. I mean, really, the majority of the show. Oh, and I will say, and this at this point, I think people are kind of talking about this. The Johnny Knoxville bull stunt that he does towards the end of the movie does look every bit as ugly as they say it looks. He was knocked out so out that he was snoring. They have him on camera snoring as he's knocked out. I I don't know what it is. I mean, I was gonna say it's an immaturity, and then I and I was so ready to like defend myself and say it's not a maturity thing. But you know what? Screw that. It is a maturity thing. I actually have this belief that deep down, most men are still twelve. We're still twelve. We are. What do I actually want to do on any given day? I mean, really, if you just said, "Hey, you can do anything you want to do." forget every obligation in life what do you want to do if you do nothing other than indulge yourself the answer is order pizza and play video games it has been since i was nine i don't know how to what (laughs) i don't know if i should be ashamed of that or not am i supposed to have matured beyond that i like adult things i go to home depot and get excited as i walk through the aisles and think about home projects but ultimately i still kind of just want to order pizza and play video games all night if i can get away with it Does that make me a bad guy? I don't know. Anyway. um, Yeah, things are going well with the business right now. It's a great time of year for the business because it's really what would be considered to be the slowest time in the food industry. It's like everything, all sales are down all across the board right now. Restaurants are in basically like mid-January till about Valentine's Day. They have their slowest uh, season ever. Really nothing picks up again till. Usually around April or so. March, kind of, I guess. You start to see things come back. But it's just a slow time of year in uh, in business, at least in this area, in most businesses. I mean, some businesses are seasonal and it's different. But it's a great time of year to catch up on things. So we did this thing at our plant where we actually shut down and did a deep clean and inventory, which is so hard to do because it's basically, you know, you don't make any money. You don't do any business when you're doing that. But it's like, it's uh, it's just so damn important to get that deep clean done that you never get done. And so it was like scratching behind the ears for a dog. It's like that finally, that thing you've been looking at going, geez, we really got to get on that. You know, and I'm not talking about big things. I mean, the, the the main stuff, the stuff that needs to get cleaned, that gets clean. I'm talking about things like the top of the walk-in cooler or behind the walk-in cooler. Like when is that ever getting cleaned if not for a deep clean? Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Oh, I – didn't I say I had an announcement? I do have an announcement. The new flavor of Guglielmo sauce, expected out in about probably three, four weeks, is a roasted eggplant, roasted red bell pepper, cherry tomato, vegan sauce with proceeds going to the Rochester Rotary Sunshine Camp celebrating 100 years this year. Label art by Megan Aloyachuk, Rochester Rotarian. Where will it be available? I don't know yet. Stay tuned for that. When will it be available? Probably by the end of March 2022. Thank you for listening.